Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. From Sugar 23, I'm Angela Ledgerwood, and this is Lit Up. On a sweltering recent summer Friday, I was lucky enough to visit Helen Ellis in her beautiful home on the Upper East Side of Manhattan to talk about her new book of essays, Kiss Me in the Coral Lounge, Intimate Confessions from a Happy Marriage, Our conversation actually did take place in the Coral Lounge mentioned in the book, and it's this vibrantly painted, art-filled room, the kind of room that makes you want to sit down with your best friend and gossip all day. I spoke to Helen about her former best-selling book, American Housewife, many years ago on Lit Up, so I knew how much fun this conversation was going to be. But nothing prepared me for being in her presence again. And for the cameo of her great husband coming into the room and sharing some insights. So I really think you're going to love this conversation. Enjoy. I think I purged everything out in the book. (laughs) Well, not everything. We have to tell everyone who you are and... This is Helen Ellis. It's me. This is a return to Lit Up. Yes. Because we got to speak about American Housewife so many years ago. You were my very first podcast I ever went on. Oh, my goodness. And this is just... My first. Yeah. We're returning (laughs) now. I didn't take Viagra this morning. You don't have to take it. So we're not (laughs) reprising that any other first. We were in a very fancy sort of studio uh, yes. on Hudson when we did it. And now you're in the Coral Lounge. So I am actually at Helen, in Helen's home, surrounded by the most arresting and interesting artwork, which features in the book, mm-hmm. you know, a beautiful essay. It's a hot, kind of one of the second hottest days of summer so far. yes. And we're here to talk about your newest book, Kiss Me in the Coral Lounge. 
And we are in the Coral Lounge. Um, you can kiss me before you go. Exactly. Well, and there's been a lot of other, like, kisses, I'm sure, and, um, you know, beautiful parts of your marriage celebrated in the Coral Lounge. And that's something that I just adored about this book is that it's a celebration of just the, it's not saying the little things is kind of the wrong way to do it, but just the the beautiful of every day about a happy marriage. I think it is the little things. I don't mind that. I think romance is small. You know, it's small gestures. Love is small gestures. And the Coral Lounge is a is a small room, but it's where everything happens. You know, Lex and I were talking this morning about, I don't know why it came up, but it was about how we did away with Christmas gifts at the very beginning of our marriage, we used to have Christmas parties and that was our gift to each other. And we did away with birthday gifts. And he said, it was so good that you just told me 28 years ago that if you get me a huge box of Russell Stover's chocolate candy and flowers every year for Valentine's Day, we're good. And we're good. <laughs> so it really is, you know, these small things I, I see on the interwebs, a lot of big romantic gestures. There are hot air balloons. There is one couple, have you seen this couple, that hide in their house and shoot paint-filled balloons at each other every day. <laughs> and that seems like a lot. That sounds terrifying. <laughs> I don't like surprises. I don't like surprises either. <laughs> I don't like surprises either. So yeah, romance is very small. Well, also, I think something that you're touching upon is, is that romance is really just for the two people involved. That's and right. our lives now have become so performative with online mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. And I love, you know, one of the essays near the end of the book really does talk about, um, you know, an online presence and, and a life. But what that, if you have to signal so much... Mm -hmm it's a sign that, ooh, something might be a little wrong. That's right. When I see a lot of public de declaration, is that the right word? Decoration <laughs> could also work. I think mm, something's going on at home. I think the most romantic thing or the best part of a marriage is privacy. Even though I write about my husband in the book, it's still a pretty private, you know, it's still a pretty private relationship. I don't tell at all. I tell a lot. But I don't tell at all. No, but that's, I feel like it, it's not that type of book. Mm -mm. Like, you know, when you read something, you're like, oh, this, this is just a joy to be. Like, it reminded me of Nora Ephron. Oh, thank you. That makes me so happy. <laughs> yes, yes. That makes me so like, happy. Like understanding human nature and mm -hmm. human relationships and the friends you guys have, too, <laughs> that, that come into it. Mm -hmm. But just because I want to start at a certain place, and I think that'll lead us. One of my favorite things in the book was when you guys work out, like, we're not that type of couple. <laughs> like, and I think everyone can relate to that. Yes. And you have friends that have certain things. You know, one friend was like, the husband's like, I signed us up for a half marathon. And the wife's <laughs> like, we're not that type of couple. And then no. I thought it was interesting. He says, but I want us to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've had to think about that a lot lately. Because you are engaged. Because I am. Yes. And realizing, you know, in the first years of a relationship, what 
is really important to that other person. It's not just the beginning. We're still figuring out what kind of couple we are. We've been married 22 years and, and that's marriage. It's figuring out not only what kind of couple you are, but what kind of couple you are not. And we are not a couple who wants to come and stay at your house. We are not a couple who um, wants to backpack across Europe. We are not a couple who, what else, you know, wants to do a five, a 5K. But we are a couple who likes to go to the film forum to celebrate everything. You know, we like to make Valentine's at home instead of going out on Valentine's Day. We don't like to go to brunch. <laughs> No. That, <laughs> Anthony was like, I, he refuses to go to brunch. And he was like, I don't need to go to any children's That's correct. birthday parties. And I thought, it's so good when someone's clear. Yes. You have to, you know, you have to accept your partner and celebrate your, your partner for who they are. You know, once a friend had a baby and uh, that baby was located in the depths of New Jersey. And the baby was having a one-year birthday party and are you coming to the one-year-old's birthday party and I said well I am well isn't your husband I'm like no he is playing softball it's a Saturday well doesn't he like children he says oh no I said he likes children he doesn't like the commute to see your children on a Saturday and I'm not going to make him do it because I want to stay in a happy marriage (laughs) no it's really good finding those boundaries Mm -hmm. and then are there any that I mean, there's obviously many, but things that have changed. Like, were you a, were you that type of couple and now you go, wow, like 20 years later, you are. I think that we have become a more, a little bit more of a spontaneous couple. Um, every so often, if you look in the front room, I bought a little chalkboard. It's the size of a book. Um Years ago, from Fish, Fish's Eddie's, the oh, yeah. old store that. that used to be down on Union Square. And it's just a little chalkboard. It sits on my husband's desk. And I put a motto up ever so often. And we just changed the motto a few weeks ago. And mottos have been things like, years ago, it was, be the boy, but dress like a man. And my husband is someone who is very responsible. He, for many years, 20 years, has been an editor at huge news corporations, and he just worked nonstop. And years and years ago, I wrote, be the boy, because he would have days on the weekends where he'd say, oh, well, I want to go play softball with my 20-year group, but it's raining outside, and I should be doing work. And I thought, well, what would the 10-year-old you say? It wouldn't even be a question. You would go out and run through the mud. So we still say that, you know, be the boy. And then a few months ago, it was this too shall pass. We were going through some family hardship Mm. and it was the thought of, okay, this too shall pass. Let's just make it through. And now my husband has recently moved to a new job where he's editing a travel site and he doesn't like to travel. Um, And so the mantra is... Let's get lost. And it comes from that Chet Baker song, Let's Get Lost. And that's the way we're we're heading out. He's heading into a new job and I'm heading out with a new book. And let's just have fun and, and go where where the roads take us. So you gotta, you know, I guess you know, you have to keep surprising each other and changing your your motto. Does that oh make goodness. Sense? Did I, I go lo- way off on a tangent? No, I absolutely love that. <laughs> 
Because I think it's good to look at something every day and be reminded. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I can definitely get stuck. I'm quite a comfortable person mm -hmm. and I just keep going, whereas my partner is quite voracious in terms of, you know, energy levels, kind of interest level. Mm -hmm. He's kind of like a hyper person, mm -hmm. but gets a lot done because mm -hmm. of that drive. Mm -hmm. And I think... I can be comfortable letting that other great storyteller be, kind of tell our stories. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, I want my, where's my person yeah. to, to bring that? So I'm going to think of my own think motto. Think of a mantra. Yes, think of a motto or a mantra. Because people always say marriage is work. And I think marriage is play, yes. but you can change the rules, you yes. know, and that's what our sort of monthly or yearly mantra is. We just, we just change it and we put it in writing. <laughs> I think that's in chalk, in, in chalk, so it can be erased. <laughs> that's important too. Now, you know, obviously you adore your husband so much. He is on the other side of this wall and he will probably yeah. be out soon. <laughs> So something I also loved because, and she's a feature in all your books, yeah. your mama. Yeah. Okay. So what I do love in this, there's, you know, only a couple of times or maybe one time a year that your husband calls your mom yes. for a very specific reason. I'm sure they <laughs> yes. talk a lot, uh, Yes. but to tell her a funny, crazy story yes. because your family, as we can tell, are kind of master storytellers. Yes, I'm the quiet one. <laughs> which is astounding. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about the story I'm talking about, but also what it's like, you know, to be inside of a family like that and how obviously the gift of the gab mm -hmm. um, has really informed who you are and how you write. Well, I, like you say, I, I, in my very first book that came out in 1999, I wrote a novel called Eating the Cheshire Cat, and it was dedicated to my parents. And the dedication was, you know, to my parents who taught me the value of a really good story. And we were raised by, I was raised by a bunch of Southerners, my parents, my grandparents, my great-grandparents, we all entertained each other by telling stories. I mean, it was re it's really a skill. Mm. Um, and it's a way of, of bringing other people into the family. And when my husband or other people appear in stories that we tell, you're really, you know, you're really part of the family. And so when one of, when an outsider, Lex is definitely an insider now, but when someone who's not in our family gives it a go with us, <laughs> um, we really celebrate that because my husband is a very quiet person. Um, so when he tells a story or puts on a voice or um, does a little, you know, a little, little routine, <laughs> we celebrate it as if it's the Super Bowl. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, it's, it, it's just a great, it's a great thing. Well, and what did your husband's friend, mm -hmm. so they go on these walks. Do you want me to tell the story? I think so. Okay. So, it's the height of the pandemic. Yeah. And most of our friends left the city. We stayed in the city. And those of us who stayed in the city really clung to each other and saw each other more under interesting outside <laughs> circumstances. And so my friend, my Scott, uh, ugh, 
my husband um, started taking nightly walks with a friend of ours who manages a bunch of apartment buildings around the city. And so every walk would be, would include a stop at some apartment and there was a leak at the apartment or there was something in a drain or there was a smell coming from it and that smell was not brisket. You know, it was always a problem, but it was never anything dramatic. And, I, and my husband would come home and I'd say, what happened on your walk? And he would say, nothing. And one day he comes home, oh, Helen, and this is him. You're going to be so happy. I'm going to make you so happy. <laughs> I have a story for you. And that is a gift. A story really is a gift. A story is romantic. I find this story very romantic, but I don't know what other people will think. So he and our friend had been in a basement of a townhouse that had been abandoned for almost a year. Um, and that place was dark. There was no electricity, no furniture, cobwebs rustling and uh you know my husband's friend says all right I gotta go to the basement and check a leak do you want to come down to the basement <laughs> and my husband says no no thank you and he waits outside the basement and our friend goes down and our friend is down there for five minutes no response our friend is down there for 10 minutes no response and my husband finally you know gets some nerve up to call his name and oh up coming up he comes up and in his hands is a shoebox. And he says to my husband, guess what's in the box? <laughs> and my husband guessed, and he did not guess it. My husband tells me the story. Guess what's in the box? I, of course, immediately guess satanic talisman. Yes, yes. <laughs> Second guess, fetus. Um, no, that's not what's in the box. We proceed to tell this story to our friends over the next six months. Nobody guesses what's in this box. Um, until one finally does, one friend, our friend Martin finally does. Um, but it is, it is just the creepiest, most delicious, bizarre story. And I'm not going to reveal no, what's you in have that to, box. Did you guess what was in it? No, you did not. I did not guess what <laughs> was in it. Did you get, make a guess? I mean, I probably had many while I was there. I think I'd gone through like severed head, hand, yes. toe. Yes. Like it was always a body part for me. Or Isn't, See, that tells a, you a little something about yourself. Well, and I love that in the story, it's like when you say, you know, I always think like with astrologer, or a, um, you know, fortune teller, it's just interesting where your mind goes. Yeah. Like they can suggest things and you're like, oh, this is... You know, I'm not believing this, but, you know, when they're like, that person, that it means a lot to you. And you're like, oh, you know, <laughs> Grandma Joy, you know, and it's just who pops to your head. So mm -hmm. in this case. It tells you a lot about yourself as to what you guessed. Um, and really people guessed a lot of things. People guessed, somebody guessed there were shoes in the shoebox. And I thought, well, that is so Boring. logical. Well, very yeah. logical. <laughs> Um, people guessed mice, people guessed uh, love letters. I thought that was oh, very that romantic, was nice. you know, but nobody guessed it was in that box mm -hmm. until the very end. You'll have to read to find Yeah, you really out. will. You will never guess. <laughs> that's, I mean, I it cast me back to the pandemic, and I know we're kind of all in a period where we don't want to dwell mm -hmm. there, but I stayed in the city as well. And you. I was, my boyfriend was living on 75th Street. So we were just three blocks yes. away. Yeah. And I would go there. I lived in Brooklyn, but I bought a bike, which is 
very you unlike me. So Oi. I would bike from Brooklyn to Manhattan with a weekend bag. So as the world was totally having the saddest moment it's had, I was essentially going away for every weekend. Yeah. Packing lawn, you know. Yeah. The underwear and the, like the outfit. It was a little but bit the romantic. Outfit, <laughs> the outfit to only be inside because yeah. we were the only person we, we saw. But in his building, he was the only one left. Mm-hmm. There were 13 uh, people in this building. And I think there's 62 apartments and there were 13 people. And that's what you, what I like about what you just said is for the pandemic, we know quite a few people who divorced during the pandemic because you really got to know your partner. Um, and I love that you fell more in love with your partner. Um, it brought you closer together, it sounds like. Uh, and it definitely brought us closer together. It was, you know, again, some people renew their their love affairs by, I don't know, um, making banana bread or, or, or um, I don't know what people do, but we just stayed in and enjoyed a very quiet life. Um, and it sounds like you did the same. Yeah. Were you able to write in that time? I did. Oh. Yeah, it's interesting because my husband at the time was the editor of CBS News Digital. Oh so he God. was running a newsroom out of this apartment. Also, I saw, just processing that news. It was oh, it was it, it was stunning for me because it was Zooms, conference calls from 8 a.m. until we went to sleep, and then they would wake us up with phone calls. Um, I heard and saw every bit of coverage, and it's national news. So we saw, you know, I heard and saw school shootings, mass shootings. Um, January 6th was covered in this very room. The Coral Lounge is is where CBS was heading up um, the coverage, and I was sitting there watching him cover it. Um, uh, So in the beginning, I was on a deadline uh, to finish the last book, bring your baggage and don't pack light. So I was sitting in the bedroom with headphones on to make my deadline. And then um, I sold the idea for this book um, still during the pandemic. And it was a great comfort to me because I just mostly stayed in a happy place. Some people cope by, uh, you know, people cope in different ways. And and writing is definitely a coping method because you can disappear. Um, I know a lot of writers, some writers didn't write at all. Some writers wrote more than they ever mm-hmm. did. Um, and, yeah, I I wrote. You also have created plants. You, you fostered. <laughs> These are the remaining living ones. I was going to <laughs> ask you because on my way here, I went to a florist to get you something and I thought, I'm going to get Helen a plant for her, you know, greenhouse. <laughs> yes. And I just, I had a feeling. I thought, you know what? I don't know if I want to give her a plant that might die soon. That's all right. And then you'll feel guilty. So no, I, got I feel no guilt. Beautiful flowers. I love them. I love them. And I, that's the thing. Um, and about plants, you cannot feel guilty. Plants die. And you have to learn what kind of plant, you know, you do well with. I can't do a fiddle leaf. I can't do a calithia. I can't do 
I, but I can do a birds of a feather. I can do a monster. I can do, oh, I love a Birkin. And when I say a Birkin, I mean a Birkin plant um, and a ZZ and a snake. Those I can keep alive. Um, and, you know, I got to know a Instagram plant lady, uh, the black plant chick who I fell in love with during the pandemic. We had many, a, uh, you know, Zoom therapy plant session and she had a podcast at the time and she said, you know, you have to let plant some plants go to bring new plants into your life. And, and that applies to the rest of your life as well. You know, whether that be, you have to let a job go to let a new job come into your life. You have to let, sometimes you have to let friends who aren't the friends you thought they were go to let more joy into your life. You know, you have to let stuff go, you know, um, you have to let, Grudges go. You know, you have to let things go so you can bring more more in. So I don't feel any guilt about um, murdering. <laughs> my I also love my that, that you got help. Like yes. you sought help. You have to. You have to. And that's another thing about marriage. You have to ask for help. You have to let them know. I'm going to tell you all the things you need to know. That this is it. Well, all the things that we need to know. Like this book is not a how to. It's a how we do. So, so um, uh, for us. We were just talking about it this morning. You know, you have to tell the person what's helpful. And I, like I said, I told my husband, all I want is drugstore, chocolate in a heart shape, and flowers from Valentine's Day. And he, uh, and then if I ever am in a, you know, foul mood or from stressed or whatever, he does my laundry. And that is very helpful, and that makes me very happy. You know, you got to tell him what you want. And he says things like, um, I mean, just last week, it's always, it's always changing. When I'm cleaning the house, I'll hang a sh like a paper shopping bag on the back door and fill it with papers to take outside. When yeah. it's full, I take it outside. Well, he doesn't care for that. So now <laughs> I, I, just put it, I just put it on the floor. It's silly things like that. It is those tiny things. Yes. Yeah. Like I, if there's a clothing item strawn, you know, oh. chucked on the ground, oh. mm -hmm. I assume that is allowing for, I can scoop that up oh, and yeah. chuck it in the wash. Yeah. But that's not at all <laughs> what that symbolizes. That's apparently. That's where it belongs. That's where it belongs. And I will be re-wearing that yes, several times. Yes, smell test. you got to smell test it. And then you're, every morning it looks like my husband spontaneously combusted because, <laughs> because there's you know, shorts and a T-shirt by the side of the bed. Um, but I do pick it up. I do pick up. I smell the T-shirt <laughs> just because no, I like it. Those <laughs> and, and I put it away. Uh, yeah, um, I mean different things. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a little... Oh, here he comes. Oh, great. <laughs> I hear the Look, footsteps. There he is. <laughs> There's the, the famous man himself. <laughs> we're, in, we're in progress. You're in progress. Yes. Okay. All right. Hi, dear. Oh, I was going to say you could just have a quick... <laughs> yeah. Uh, hello. Hi. <laughs> we're not going to put you in the spot, but we're, we're talking about... I'm an open book. Your lovely marriage. Yeah, that is a lovely yeah, I can sense that. And thank you for allowing me to come into the Coral Lounge. Yeah. And feel the, the good all, vibes. All are welcome in the Coral Lounge. <laughs> no. 
thanks a lot. Well, bye, yeah. Bye, I, dear. It wouldn't be too long. You would like me to leave <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had a third mic, but no, I don't my... think you really want to join us. No. <laughs> He likes to appear on the page. Yeah, yeah. I tell you, I, I, my whole thought of when I write about him is I think of other ways that people write about their partners. And my favorite is the way David Sedaris writes mm. about Hugh. And I think if he does whatever he does with you, I only know so much about him, but everything I know I like. And so I just try to treat him like he's my Hugh. <laughs> That's such a beautiful thought. Someone yeah. else that I thought of when I was reading your essays was Anne Patchett. Oh, God, that thrills me. You've named everybody that thrills well, me. truly. And yeah. how um, she also had said that people don't write about happy marriages. Yes. And some of the essays she's written. She has that wonderful collection. This is the story of a happy yes, marriage. Yes. Yes. And I just thought that you can sense this. But the through line, look, for David Sedaris, for you guys – is laughter yes. and having a sense of humor about things. And mm. I don't know, maybe it was like Jane Fonda. I feel like she always has great, you know, how to be in a relationship. advice She's been in a for few. A life, yes. <laughs> but also, you know, it's like, okay, A, sex is very important. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that also connects to laughter because sex is also very funny. Yes. And, <laughs> but... I know things are fine if I can joke with Anthony about the argument we had. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you know, if you're walking mm -hmm. down the street and you're like, oh, shall I, you know, <laughs> pop across the street to the laundromat, you know, or something. And, yeah. it's, and then you're like, okay, we've diffused that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was just saying I to somebody, I was at dinner with someone, and I really have only heard my husband in 28 years raise his voice twice. Once we had a rat in this apartment and he screamed. And uh, once he saw the cat peeing on the floor. <laughs> and I thought we had an intruder in the apartment, but he was very alarmed. But that was all taken care of. I just took care of it. But really, the man never raises his voice. And that's That's enjoyable. really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Me, I'm always trying to control myself from just talking at the top of my lungs because we're a very loud family. <laughs> How, I mean, it's interesting that you've, you've found someone who is um, obviously so highly accomplished and charismatic in his own way. So just from cute. like, Isn't he cute? Yes. Like just from like, those few minutes, I'm like, oh, oh, oh. Is that what you pictured? Did you picture a blonde? No. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't know if I'd even pictured, but there's like an energy or a feeling that you conjure. And I was like, anyone that's with Helen has to be just the best person on the planet anyway. Um, but how, how does he cope with your family? Did that take a long time? No, I think that we gave him a wide yeah. birth and he, we really encouraged him, you know, he, um, again, is such a responsible person and had been through a lot of loss in his family. And so our family just really welcomed him. Um, if he uh, sort of grew tired of us yammering on, hooting and hollering, and he just got up and left the room, we would applaud, good for you, take care of yourself, good for you. Yes. Um, oh, you don't want to come. We, we were, we, when I was on book tour for Southern Lady Code, um, he flew in to meet me in Georgia and the whole family met in Georgia because we have relatives there. 
And um, he says, well, I was just here 20 years ago. <laughs> we said, yes, that's right. That. The memories are so strong. Good for you. You know, um, uh, yeah, we encourage him to, um, to be, you know, to take care of himself. And, uh, and so when he does show up, it means the it's world. It's special. It really is special. Well, yeah. just to give an idea of how dynamic and fabulous your family is, I want you to tell us an older story from one of your books, but it's about that 13th birthday. Oh, my God. Because yes. my colleague, Ruby, who is obsessed with you as well, <laughs> reminded me of that story yesterday, and we were laughing about it. We're like, this is bonkers. It's, as my father says his life mantra is you gotta make your own fun in life so this is 1983 and i have a 13th birthday party this is tuscaloosa alabama so we are in the middle of the woods in a shed at you know some parks department that we had rented the shed from there is one entrance to the shed a glass door there are probably 30, 13 year olds sitting around in costume. So there's a, you know, there's a Which Zara. Costumes? Oh my. So I, of course, um, wore my, I was a punk rocker. So to a 13 year old Alabama girl, that meant a side pony and a police t shirt because that was really punk. Um, there was my, my oldest friend in Florida who is a petite blonde head of the gardening club, uh, came as death. <laughs> With a full Reynolds wrapped sickle and a you know black hood, um, there was a Zaro. There was one girl who was very early developed came at, in a full nude body stocking with a carnival snake wrapped around oh her, and she was Eve. God, I mean, it was quite That's the collection. So imaginative, <laughs> I know, and all these things. I don't know if they would fly anymore. Um, so we're in the middle of the woods, we, and we sit down to have pizza and watch the black cat, you know, that, um, you know, old horror movie, and that means rolling out a 13-inch television <laughs> um, as deep as, uh, yeah. you know, a microwave, and lights go off. And the whole time, my mother was in law school at the time. She went to law school at 40. So she was still in law school, and she had a young probably 24-year-old friend from law school helping her out. Um, so it's my father, my mother, and this friend of my mother's. My sister, who was a child at the time, was at a spend-the-night party somewhere else. All us 13-year-olds were sitting around, and the lights are out, and this man walks into the shed. And he's a young man, bearded, plaid shirt, straight out of central casting. And he starts to talk in a very stern voice to this law student. I found this wallet under our bed. He's holding up a wallet. And she's saying, I don't know what you're talking about. I know you're cheating on me. I found this wallet under the bed. You need to go. You need to go. He pulls a gun out, full gun, holding it at her. My mother, of course, hands on her hips. You are ruining my daughter's birthday party. <laughs> You know, get out. My father is saying, you need to leave. One of our, my friend Lori has already reached over and turned on the lights and, and paused the TV. We are all sitting there. We 
are from Alabama. We've had two, I, we'd already had two guns pulled at school, so we knew what to do. We were most of us were frozen, or we were under our little picnic tables. And he is yelling at this woman, "If I can't have you, no one can." Oh my god! Screaming at her, my mother is get out of here, get out of here. We're all terrified. People are crying. My friend in the death mask, the tears are running down her neck. And my father says, we're going to take this outside. We're going to take it outside. He gets this man outside. And we hear that gun fire minimum three times. My mother can see through the glass door, screams bloody murder, screaming at what she's seeing. Everyone is of course, completely freestyle out. And then my father and this man bound back in and say, okay, we're going to play a game. Who can remember the most about this incident? And he divides us out into teams. Yellow legal pads are passed out. And the whole thing had been faked because it was a Halloween birthday party. And they were blanks in the gun. It was a real gun. Blanks in the gun. Nobody called the police. Nobody went to therapy. Nobody videotaped it because nobody had a phone. Nobody got in trouble. Like it was just, the, but it was the stuff of legends. Oh and God. when I tell that story, like, I, you know, when I was in Georgia at that time, I, I read that story um, at Avid Bookshop. And people just were sitting there in this disbelief. <laughs> and I said, if you were at that party, stand up. And there were four women, you know, who had been at that party. And they stood up and said, every word is true. <laughs> um, so brilliant and wild, but I mean, I remember when I went to a birthday party and they showed Silence of the Lambs, and I no, and I came home and told my mom because I had such nightmares. Yeah, but there were calls to that mother. No. You know, there was a whole thing, and I thought, no kid. They were, it was the eighties. I know, but wow. and it was Alabama. It was the eighties in Alabama. <laughs> yeah. So this, I mean, I think that's just. A good example. Yeah. Of, we're not talking like outgoing people. It's <laughs> really, you know, just like a zest for life. We for enjoy a dark joke. And, you know, one year my father calls me and says, this is, you know, 10 years ago. I hell, Michelle, have good news. Your mother and I played the lottery. We won Four million dollars. We're going to give you and your sister a million dollars each. What? April Fools. Oh. I did call him once early on in our relationship. Papa, I'm calling from Vegas. Lex and I just got married. He oh, did not. April Fools. Well, also, so Lex asked if you could move in together. Oh. Before you were married, and for a Southern lady, oh no, no, Mm-mm. no, uh, no, um, yeah, I, I had certain rules, um, yeah, never, no, I need to be engaged. <laughs> I need to have my ring. Um, now I've been here, I've been here twenty-two years, and I'm going to go out feet first. I think. <laughs> well, I think it's important to have those rules for whatever they are for mm-hmm. each of us, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, that make us feel. It's your, it's your marriage. It's your life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, and again, you can change, you can change the rules. You can always change the rules. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm like just clocking that because when Mm -hmm. you said that you had graduated from therapy recently, I was like, (laughs) I'm definitely not there yet, but I like some time in. (laughs) Yeah. I think I'll have to examine the, you can change the rules. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and maybe I 
hadn't ever thought that this was a good link, but, you know, I mentioned that we're sitting in the Coral Lounge and we're surrounded by such incredible art that um, is all very different. It's all very different. And um, I will say that, you know, I'll point a few things out. Um, like this piece... That's a family. Uh, it looks like a 1950s scene. Mm. That is um, a... It was used from the 50s as a way for French people to learn English. So you would point at things oh. and say, you know, that's a television. So, you know, it was $100. You know, it was from sort of sort of trade fair. And the piece in the top right corner, which is a portrait of a... Like a living room... Mm. That is my parents' apartment, their first apartment together. My father hired a local artist. They lived in Alaska together um, who came in without my mother knowing and painted this room. And I'm looking at that green bench, which they had my whole life. And it was interesting because um, my mother didn't like it for a long time because she saw it as you had somebody come into our apartment without me knowing. Um, so, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, and the piece underneath it was from Housing Works. It's a screen print um, of three girls from the 70s in coral colors, which is exactly why I painted this room coral, um, just kind of hanging out. And, um, you know, the art is really different. It's not always from a traditional, um, you know, art gallery mm. or, um, you know, art is, like I say, art is every, everywhere. Um, but the piece behind you is the last piece we bought. It's a, so it's a huge piece wonderful. of a woman sitting with all her house plants. Um, and I bought it, uh, probably four months into the pandemic. I had been playing a lot of poker online with a group. And so I had won some money yes. and that's where it went to. And the artist is Patrick Puckett. Um, he's a Jackson, Mississippi artist, and it came out of the Commerce Gallery in Texas. And he is going to be the official artist of the Mississippi Book Fair Festival this year oh, and did wow. a fabulous portrait of Eudora Welty that's going to be, you know, part of their program. But, yeah, I mean, art comes from from everywhere. Well, and that's, I love in your essay about it in the book, I'm kind of relating back to relationships and things, is that art is whatever you like. That's right. And I think for a long time, you know, we can question our instincts mm -hmm. because, you know, is this, you know, we see things, like sometimes I'll go to an art gallery yeah. and I'm just totally miffed. Yeah. And then I'll go to another and just go, oh. And the thing is, you're going to make mistakes. Your taste will change. And just because you bought it doesn't mean it has to stay on your wall forever. Um, and you have to allow yourself that. But my thought is, uh, it used to be, Lex says, all right, you have to have, you have to cry. <laughs> with you have to cry with happy tears when you see something and then we're going to get it. Um, but uh, it's that thought of, uh, we like to go to like big art fairs where you have a bunch of galleries mm. and I'll see something and then I'll walk away from it. But if I have that thought of, oh my gosh, somebody else is going to get it. <laughs> I got to go back and get it. That's usually a good sign. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's just that thought of what do you, what do you like? It's going to be on your wall. Like I never buy anything with the thought of reselling it or, yeah. um, uh, 
it's just what makes you happy. It's just what makes you happy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm looking at a collage behind <sighs> you that is stunning. I cried it's, over that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's black and white and grays and... Plants again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I knew plants. those plants were coming. <laughs> but against the coral wall, it's very... Very striking. And we move things constantly. We move mm. the art around constantly. We just moved this piece that says for like ever. It was a, I think it was an anniversary present I gave to Lex. It's just a poster from, I mean, it must be 15 years, 20 years old. And uh, it used to be, it was in the entryway with the pink flamingo wallpaper for a while. And then it was in the living room. Um, for a while, and then just two days ago, we moved it in here because we set the rugs out to be cleaned, and then we rearranged all the furniture, and we thought, oh, I think maybe it goes there. So if you're sitting here and you see there's oh, art on the floor, that's what used to, these two octopuses used to be there, and now they have to find a new home. They have to find a new home, which means things are going to move. Um, yeah, things move around a lot. Oh, here I, comes Big Boy. Oh, hi. <laughs> there we go. And when I say Big Boy, I don't mean my husband. Right on this is our This is our old cat. Um, who you read about in the book? Oh my he is gosh, a that lover. letter that le <laughs> the letter to the house, you know, the cat sitter was just priceless. This is our 17 year old, um, tuxedo cat. He is the he runs this household and he has come in to be with the ladies because he likes ladies who talk. Mm. Yes, <laughs> well, Helen, I, I mean. It's it's we're at that that, that <laughs> time and we could talk for forever. Yes. Um, but I want to ask. Oh, okay. The air because she knows. Know. Oh, he knows. I know. He knows. <laughs> um, what lights you up? What lights me yeah. up? I love that. <laughs> love. <laughs> um, art, cats, books. Um. Plus ones, new people, um, uh, quiet time, um, color, uh, um, what lights me up, <laughs> stories, and secrets. Ooh, Ooh I love gossip. <laughs> I love to know about someone that I don't know. <laughs> That's such an interesting yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell me something about someone I don't know. I love it. Gosh, I wish I had a juicy know, one for I know. you. <laughs> I'll have to press stop and tell you when we're not recording. I know. I think, I'm sure you can see that Big Boy has come in to have his um, drink out of the toilet. <laughs> I mean, whatever makes him it's happy at this age. It's all true. I know. I know. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me in your home. In the Coral Lounge. What a pleasure. <laughs> what a joy. I loved this book. Thank it you. really made me think about how to have a joyful, spontaneous relationship and just all the all the little bright sparks you can kind of harness for mm -hmm. for happiness. Well, thank you for remembering me. You know, I I was given a real second chance with American Housewife, funny enough that that's the title of that book, and it was all fiction, and now here you are, I guess, seven years later, wild, talking about it? true stories of a happy marriage. So you really are my happy bookends. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> and good luck to you. Oh, gosh. Thank you. I think you're on the right track. 
I think I, you're on the right track. I hope so. I think so, too. I think so. I, judging by the ring, I think you're on the right track. <laughs> and that by the ring, mm-hmm. I think we need to explain so. that it's a, a ring it's coral. we picked up outside of the Met Museum at a little stall. And they're all eyes, right? They're eyes. And it, it was all of 20 bucks. That's beautiful. Which is what I love about it. You know, when people... One of my colleagues, who's very stylish, mm-hmm. was so one. He was, I, Angie, do you mind if I ask you about that ring? <laughs> I said, I said, sure. Yeah. He goes, is it Hermes? <gasps> and I said, Kevin, you have a maid. Oh, my day. My day. <laughs> Let me tell you yes. something. I was like, I'll get you one for Kate, you know, for his wife. <laughs> and, I, and he goes, how much? Can, can I can I give you money for it? And I'm like, you know what? It's on me. Yeah. <laughs> It's on me. So that's the story of the ring. That's right. And that's going to be the story of your marriage. And it's a happy one. That's a good story. Thank you. (laughs) Lit Up is a podcast from Sugar 23. It's hosted by me, Angela Ledgerwood, and is produced by Liam Billingham. Mike Mayer and Michael Sugar are the executive producers. The theme music is by Andrei Rodofsky. Until next time, bye everyone. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.